Coming up on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, we answer one of your voicemails, discuss ESPN's Diana Rossini's comments on Get Up ESPN. But first, the Buccaneers are bringing back a familiar face to their roster. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to receive $10 off your next order. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArko underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Your Tampa Bay Buccaneers lead story is that the Buccaneers have re-signed or signed once again wide receiver Spencer Schnell. The Buccaneers issued a press release stating, quote, Schnell played in one game for Tampa Bay in 2019 prior to spending a portion of the 2020 offseason with the Buccaneers. He originally entered the league as a college free agent with Tampa Bay in 2019, recording seven receptions for 119 yards during the 2019 preseason. The Elkhart, Indiana native played collegiately at Illinois State, earning all Missouri Valley first-team honors as a senior in 2018, with 872 yards receiving and nine touchdowns. Schnell will wear number 83 for Tampa Bay. So, David, the uh, the Bucks have seen – New draft pick, fifth rounder Tyler Johnson, go back and forth between sitting out practice, trying to participate in practice, and now sitting out again with a soft tissue injury. You have to think that the addition of Spencer Schnell is basically a direct result of Tyler Johnson's apparent inavailability. Right. And I mean, that, you know, uh, a wise man once said the best, the, the greatest ability you can have in the National Football League is availability. And right now, Tyler Johnson has none of it. And yeah, the, the, the re-signing of Spencer Schnell absolutely, in my mind, at least correlates to the fact that Tyler Johnson, uh, you know, what he practiced, I think, once, you know, for one practice in the training camp, and then he was out, you know, and, and it's not blaming the guy. Nobody's blaming the guy. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you can't practice, you can't play, you're not going to last in the league. And, you know, nobody should be getting to the point where they're saying, oh, well, Tyler Johnson's, a, I guess, a bust. I don't know if you call a fifth round guy a bust, but you know, a lot of excitement surrounding him. So I can understand the disappointment. Nobody should be writing him off, you know, and, and kicking him off to the curb and, and tell him to go get a real job or anything anytime soon. But it, it is a little disappointing, you know, more, more so for him than anybody else. Uh, but for Spencer Schnell, you know, he's a, he's a guy who, since he got released, you know, earlier, uh, he, he's a guy that I follow on Instagram. He's been posting, you know, videos and stuff of his workouts and motivational messages, you know, uh, to himself or to other people from himself. I don't know. Uh, but just, you know, just continuing the grind. And I mean, that's, you know, that's the majority of the National Football League, honestly, is made up of guys like Spencer Schnell, guys who, you know, they go on the roster, they come off the roster, they go on the practice squad, they come off the practice squad, they get released, they get resigned, they get waived, they get claimed. Like, these, there's a guys who sometimes they travel and sometimes they're just on and off the transaction report for the same team over and over and over again. And they're just taking advantage of every opportunity. And hopefully what Spencer has been doing in his time away from the team is taking whatever information he got from Tom Brady, whatever information he got from the coaches, his experience from last year. And he's gone out there to these practice fields with these workouts that he's been able to put together with guys. And he's put all of that on the field and he's put it to good work. And, he, and he's been trying to develop his skills in those areas because now coming back, 
if he's been doing those things and he's been doing them effectively, he's going to have a chance now to come into camp and he's he's basically an automatic – he's got automatic eyes on him. Like Again, the team is bringing him in because they need more wide receivers on the field during training camp. They need to evaluate more people, and Tyler Johnson can't be evaluated. So as soon as you see Spencer Schnell back on the field as a coach, as a defender, as an observer, you're going to see, okay, why did they bring him back? Why you know What is it that he's bringing to this team? So while you have that little bit of a flashlight spotlight on you, that is your chance to show this team that, hey, for the last week or two or however long I've been gone – I've still been working. I've still gotten better. And look what I can do now that I couldn't do before. And if you can bring something new to the table when you come back, that shows your coaches that you're a guy they can trust to work on his own, a guy that they can trust to do the right thing, even when he's not being supervised, hell, even when he's not being paid. And if you can do those things, that goes a long way to a young guy sticking around. Um, so if Tyler Johnson, you know, if his body can't get right in this you know, this rookie season and he ends up on IR, Spencer Schnell could find himself with a roster spot. Not predicting it, but, you know, those are the things that can happen. I mean, two punt returns for three yards. And uh, as, as far as I know right now, the only other competition he really has uh, for punt return is what Raymond Calais and I guess Keyshawn Vaughn and Corden Cogerian. So uh, definitely an opportunity for Spencer to try and make the roster. I'm excited for him. You know, I honestly don't see NFL receiver on him, but, you know, uh, I've been wrong before, and I'd be happy to be wrong here again for Spencer. Looking forward to seeing if he can prove me wrong. But, James, somewhere that I have not been wrong and somewhere that you have not been wrong and somewhere that all of our listeners who have taken advantage of the offer have not been wrong is with our relationship with Built Bar. And, of course, Built Bar is back, and they are better than ever with six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, almond, apple almond crisp. And, guys, just like last time, uh, before the relaunch, Built Bar hooked us up with a free box of the mixed bars because they wanted us to taste them and tell you, deliver the information to you guys, and tell you just how great they are. They are. They've done the same thing with these new flavors, and we are all anxiously awaiting our new box of Built Bars. But you know what? I couldn't wait, so I went ahead and ordered and ordered my own box anyway, and got them here to me. And today they arrived, and as soon as they did, I ripped open the box and I pulled out the cookies and cream. Why? because I was excited to try it. And also because I know that's the one James wants to try the most. So I wanted to rub it in on today's episode. So that's what I'm doing. It was amazing. And it tasted amazing. And it was the biggest treat I've had, you know, all week, all month, honestly, probably. And it only cost me 17 grams or it gave me 17 grams of protein only cost me 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and four grams of net carbs. Guys, if you have tasted the old Built Bars, you need to get on board with these new Built Bars. I'm telling you right now, they're amazing. If you didn't take advantage of the offer before, you need to take advantage of it now. Here's the deal. For a limited time only, and the last time I checked the website, they still have some in stock. You get a free Built Bar cooler with purchase. It's a cool little pouch. It's got those freeze packs in it. You put the freeze packs in the freezer overnight. In the morning, you throw your Built Bar in there. You put the packs in there, and that thing stays frozen stays cold as long as you need it. So you want it for a mid-afternoon snack or two o'clock, wake me up. It's going to be there. It's going to be ready for you while supplies last. So go ahead and go over to builtbar.com. Take advantage of that. Use promo code locked on. That's all one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. You will get $10 off your next order. Guys, again, that's your next order. If you took advantage of our first order back in May when Built Bar first hooked up with us at the Locked On Podcast Network, you can still use this code now and get $10 more off your next order of Built Bars. Again, that's promo code locked on for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Promo code locked on at BuiltBar.com for $10 off your next order. It's a Wednesday edition here of the Locked On Bucks podcast. And David, we have something to discuss regarding uh, everyone's favorite television show, Get Up on ESPN. 
Diana Rossini was on there with uh, Greeny and the crew, and she predicted that the Buccaneers are not going to make the playoffs. She took to Twitter. We There's audio of it out there. There's video of it out there. It's like over five minutes long. We're not going to play the whole clip on the show. It's, that's a wee, a wee bit much to uh, subject you all to. So just basically hitting on the highlights here. Diana Rossini took to Twitter to explain her theory, so to speak, about why she believes that the Buccaneers are not going to make the playoffs. And here's what she has to say. Quote, let's start. Saints are division favorite and have a head coach, offensive coordinator, quarterback that's been together since 2009. Falcons finished last season 6-2 and two and beat the Saints and 49ers on the road. Brady is used to an easy division. She continues, 2019 Buccaneers, third in quarterback hits on pass plays, first in average target depth, seventh highest blitz rate. 2013 to 2017 Cardinals, sixth in quarterback hits on pass plays, second in average target depth, 13th highest blitz rate. Tom Brady has been among the least blitzed quarterbacks in recent years. She finishes, Arians quarterbacks take a lot of hits, chuck it downfield, and face the blitz at an above average rate. Brady led the NFL with 33 throwaways last season. So, David, first and foremost, I'm, I'm going to quickly address the Tom Brady is used to an easy division um, comment because we, we do talk about what a, what a cakewalk, you know, kind of tongue-in-cheek, jokingly, we talk about what a cakewalk the Patriots have year in and year out facing the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Bills year after year. But I also saw something that uh, basically over the past 17 years, if you removed the division winner from every division, the AFC East has the highest winning percentage out of every division. The NFC South came in third, but the AFC East has a 457 win percentage with the division winner removed every year over the last 17 years. NFC South, a 439 win percentage. Uh, NFC East came in second at 451. So that kind of immediately bucks the stigma that Brady had it easy every year because if you take away the, you know, basically the top four seeds from each conference every year for almost the last two decades, the AFC East comes out on top in terms of win-loss percentage. So it may not be as easy as basically the Patriots made it look. Yeah, there, there's just a lot wrong with, with everything going on there. And, and I, I mean, look. Far, far be it for me to to fully you know accuse anybody of anything, but uh, I feel like it's just it's just been a slow news time. And hey, I mean, for what it's worth, you know, uh, it's effective because here we are on this show talking about it as well. So I mean, you know, as much as I complain about, it, or not complain about, it, but as much as I'm going to call it out as just you know trying to get attention, trying to get clicks, and trying to get all that stuff. Hey, it's working. So you know, uh, more power to you. I guess I, I can't blame 
I can't blame the uh, the fire sale if I'm in there shopping too. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. Uh, first and foremost, I mean, you touched on a lot of great points, James. What what is it? What was it about the 49ers again? Like, what was that? The Falcons finished the season six and two, beat the Saints and the 49ers on the road. Okay, awesome. Is this this is the same 49ers squad that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as a team essentially dominated for you know for for four quarters of a game in the opening week of the NFL season, and that that game was given away by by clumsy turnovers. And, and sloppy plays. That's the same 49ers team we're talking about. Listen, the National Football League is designed to go eight and eight. Everybody hears it all the time. The National Football League is the best pro sports league in the world at creating parity. We've talked about this before. Do P- I don't know if other people understand. Do you know how bad you have to, or how, how awesome, sorry, of an athlete you have to be to suck in the NFL? Like it, it takes an extreme amount of athletic ability and talent to suck in the national football league. Just, that's just how this works. Um, I, who, I can't remember who it was. There was, there was a recent Buccaneer uh, in an interview who said that, you know, everybody in the national football league is some of the best football players in the world. Like there's, even when you talk about like the Jacksonville Jaguars, like the Jacksonville Jaguars, you put the Jacksonville Jaguars on. That's why I hate where every year we were almost here. Like Alabama could beat the Cincinnati, the Bengals or Ohio state could beat the Miami. No, they couldn't. Because you know how many pro players Alabama's got on that roster, really? Probably about five or six. You know how many Ohio State's got? Probably about four or five. So, no, they're not going to wipe the floor of the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Cincinnati Bengals, or the Miami Dolphins or any of that stuff because about 80% or more of those collegiate rosters that you think could take on an NFL team are never going to actually play a meaningful snap in the National Football League. Again, it takes a lot of talent to suck in the NFL. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers went 7-9 last year giving away on offense two and a half games worth of turnovers. I don't even care who you blame. I don't even care what you blame for how they happened. The bottom line is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers gave up roughly because every game isn't the exact same amount of possessions, right? But roughly two and a half stinking games in in turnovers. A Tom Brady-led Buccaneers offense is not going to do that. A Blaine Gabbert-led Buccaneers offense is not going to do that. The more likely to do it than a Tom Brady one is, but I still don't see a Blaine Gabbert-led Buccaneers offense turning over two and a half games worth of turnovers. Matt Gay missed two game-winning field goals. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense in its infancy as we know it today gave away two games in the early part of the season. That is six and a half games that a 7-9 Tampa Bay Buccaneers team gave away with Jameis Winston without the greatest quarterback of all time, under center without Chris Godwin coming off of an all pro season without Mike Evans with a fire lit under him without Rob Gronkowski taking attention away without OJ Howard coming in looking for a resurgent season without that 11 man defense on the other side of the ball having a full year under their belt and their entire starting unit intact also adding Antoine Winfield Jr. There are so many improvements across the board without Tristan Wurst without Joe Haig as a backup player without uh, Shipley coming in and bringing his veteran leadership if he lasts on the roster. That was Sean McCoy being third down. There are so many improvements to this roster compared to that seven and nine team that literally gave away six and a half games and still won seven of them. The idea that this this team is just not going to like if Diana Rossini come out and said like, here's why I think the Buccaneers might not make the playoffs. Okay, got it. But she's coming out here saying they will not make the playoffs because of these things. And I hate things like, well, the Falcons beat the Saints and the 49ers, so they're better than the Buccaneers. Are they really? So if my team beats the team that wins the Super Bowl, then my team should win the Super Bowl, right? Like that's such an eighth-grade middle school argument 
that a professional media person, someone who covers the NFL for a living and who's pretty smart about it, I mean, if you're working for ESPN and they're putting you on camera, talk about the National Football League, I'm assuming you are pretty smart about the sport and about the league. That is, a, that is an argument that should never come out of a professional's mouth, period. That whole, my team beat your team, so they're like, that's, that's Bush League. You know what I mean? Now, some of these things I got, like some of these, and, that, and the problem is that some of these things that are Bush League and amateurish are burying some of the good points. The quarterback hits. Yeah. Like if, if this, if Tom Brady tries to meld into this Bruce Arian system, he's going to take a lot of hits. That's why we've been saying all offseason, there's got to be a blend here. Tom Brady's got to be able to be Tom Brady, get rid of the ball, throw the ball away. I don't care if he throws the ball away 35 times in one game. Well, I do care, but I don't care if he throws the ball away 13 times in a game. Cause you know what? If he's throwing the ball 13 times a game, you figure that's 13 times a game. He's probably not getting hit because Tom is pretty good at getting rid of the ball before he gets hit. And I know I'm talking for a long time, but that's just, that's my take on what she had to say. Again, I don't know her motivations. I don't know why she said what she said. I just feel like whatever the motivation is, whatever reasoning she had for this, um, it's, it's shallow at best. Uh, it's, it's not up to snuff of the work that I would honestly expect from an ESPN reporter. And it's obviously it's frustrating the crap out of me real quick. Um, yeah. And, and I, I agree with everything you just said. It is, it is pretty juvenile to use that as a uh, barometer of success. You know, we, we see it every year and it's usually by like week four or five where we have the, the circle of NFL life where it shows, you know, basically this team beat this team, which beat this team, which beat this team, and it goes all the way around showing essentially the parody that every team has been beaten by every other team by, you know, process of uh, extrapolation or whatever it is. So there's some mathematical word that they use for it, but you all know what I'm talking about. Um, Real quick, David, I I realize – this is kind of using quarterback wins, but not really. You go back to the Tom Brady is used to a easy division uh, argument. His winning percentage against the AFC East is pretty similar to his numbers across the NFL. So Brady led teams versus the AFC East, 79.6% win percentage. Versus the AFC North, 80%. AFC South, 76.4%. AFC West, who the Buccaneers will be facing, 62.8%. That's his worst against any division in his career. Versus the NFC East, 85%. NFC North, 85%. NFC South, 75%. Of course, we know he's never lost to the Buccaneers or the Falcons. Um, and finally, the NFC West at 66.7%. Those are the win percentages over Tom Brady's career for Brady-led teams. By the way, fun fact, um, he's 1-0 against the AFC Central and 0-1 against the NFC Central. We probably have listeners that don't even remember those divisions being a thing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and, and again, that's just it's it's such a it's such a weak statistic to try to go to. You know, what I mean, I mean, I, and I've said it on the show. The AFC is the Eastern Conference of the National Football League, comparing it, you know, NFL to NBA, and I, and I stand by that. But I also understand the fact, and every every NFL fan should understand the fact that this is a is, this is a thing that ebbs and flows. Uh, I saw a, a friend of mine on Facebook, and, and it's funny because uh, he's the first Patriots fan I ever really remember. 
uh, meeting and I, I watched that first Super Bowl. The Super Bowl, the first Super Bowl that Tom Brady won as a New England Patriots quarterback. I watched it with him, and I remember the absolute joy that he had about that Super Bowl and about that team winning. And you know why he was so excited? Because his team had sucked for the majority of his lifetime. You know, mm-hmm. and, and don't get me wrong, the Patriots have done an amazing thing. Something that will honestly probably never be replicated again. Like to have two decades of being one of the best teams in the National Football League year in and year out is so amazingly difficult to do and I would say even impossible if I hadn't witnessed it with my own eyes like honestly football fans who have seen this last 20 years of Patriots football as much as you probably hate them if you're not a Patriots fan you're lucky that you've seen greatness like that because it's not going to come around for a long time um so you know whatever take that for whatever it's worth but at the same time like you look at you talk about the NFC West Every single team in the NFC West has played in the Super Bowl in recent memory. I mean, not like five years, but every single team in the NFC West has been to the Super Bowl in, you know, HD, in, in the HD TV era, I guess you want to call it that. Four out of the five have also had top five draft picks, if not higher. You know what I'm saying? So, again, going and okay, not for nothing, but the Atlanta Falcons went six and two and beat the Saints and beat the Four. Well, the Buccaneers also beat the Atlanta Falcons. So, if the Falcons are better, or if you're going to give them credit for beating the Saints and the Niners, well, the Buccaneers also beat the Falcons, so they also get credit. Again, that's why these arguments are garbage and they're crap. And I'm getting angry and angrier the more airtime we give it. But again, it's it's a national media source. It's a person who is is paid a good amount of money, a you know decent amount of money, I assume. I don't know her salary to do this. And you know, I mean, if I had to pick my favorite ESPN analyst and all that stuff that I ain't ever seen, he's not going to be at the top of that list. But she's also not going to be at the bottom of that list. But this right here, I mean, this it's it's just garbage, man. Yeah, David, the last point that I'll make real fast is it doesn't matter how you perceive what Brady did with the Patriots against a quote-unquote weak AFC East. That does not, you know, that that's not a reason that he would get into the playoffs and mow through the best of the best of the NFL. There's a reason that the Patriots went to nine Super Bowls. There's a reason Tom Brady has six Super Bowl rings. And it wasn't just by beating the Jets, Bills, and Dolphins. It was because it didn't matter who he was going up against. The Patriots always had a chance to win. A major part of that is because he was on the field. So I don't care if you know the Buccaneers win the division for the next 10 years because the rest of the AFC South goes 4 and 12 every year if they get into the playoffs and they get you know their barn doors blown off in their first playoff game for the next 10 years then obviously they weren't facing good enough competition or they weren't really deserving of being there you get to the playoffs to win and that's exactly what the Patriots did it doesn't matter how weak their division was when they won it, when it mattered, they were beating the other division winners. They were beating the other playoff teams, and they got to the Super Bowl nearly 50% of Tom Brady's seasons there. So, yeah. Well, one last thing. Like, okay. I want to make sure that everybody's clear on this. Like, I am not mad that Diana Rossini is saying that the Buccaneers aren't going to make the playoffs. What, what frustrates no, me, I'm not mad at all, I'm frustrated, but what frustrates me is the quote-unquote evidence that she's using to try and justify that stand. That's what's frustrating to me. Like, if you want to talk about, you know, like the Saints being the favorite to win the NFC South is 
has nothing to do what hap- with what happens on the field. Like the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not going to come out there and be like, well, we were going to go for it on fourth and one on, on their 40 with two minutes left to play and down by five. But then we remembered they were favored to win the division, so we punted. <laughs> like that's not even a thing that matters on the field. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you want to talk about, well, Tom Brady really likes throwing to the running back and the Atlanta Falcons have shown that under Raheem Morris and, you know, when he's dictating the defense last year that they hold passing, you know, passing offenses like to focus on the running back to so-and-so yards per play and so many first downs per and third down conversions suck and they don't put any boom. Fantastic. Man, beautiful. You know what I'm saying? That's analysis. That's a real reason to say that the Buccaneers might not be able to measure up to the Atlanta Falcons. You know, if you want to talk about the New Orleans Saints win the division because, you know, they, they I mean, she did go there a little bit. Drew Brees and Sean Payton have, have been a dominant force in the NFC South since they joined forces. Yes, fantastic. That is evidence. Talking about them being favored to win the division, who cares? That has nothing to do with whether or not a team is going to beat another team. So, again, my frustration doesn't come from the fact that she, I, the Buccaneers might not make the playoffs. I, nobody it's knows possible, what's going to happen. Yeah. I don't see them not making the playoffs, especially with an extra spot. You know what I mean? But could it happen? It could absolutely happen. Tom Brady could slip something out of the, out of the shower and Don't miss the entire season. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. I just knocked on wood. Okay. <laughs> so you know what I mean. So like, I got no idea what's going to happen. But if you want to come at somebody, if you want to put it out in the atmosphere that something is going to happen or something's not going to happen, do it with legitimate analysis. Do it with a, a legitimate strategic advantages, disadvantages, and all that stuff. Don't do it with. With, with anecdotal, you know, gumball machine information like the Saints are favored and the 49ers or the Falcons once beat the 49ers who were in the Super Bowl and the Buccaneers weren't even in the playoffs. So, of course, they're going to, like, get out of here with that crap, man. All right. Well, David, we have to hit a break. Of course, we have to give a shout-out to uh, to some friends of ours because we all have crazy, hectic schedules. And taking the time to actually work on making a nice – home-cooked meal. Sometimes it just doesn't happen. Tonight, for example, with me personally, the second we are done recording, I am racing to my bedroom to watch the Tampa Bay Lightning take on the Boston Bruins. I don't have time to cook dinner, but I'm going to be hungry. I'm going to uh, use our friends over at DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like the Cheesecake Factory, Wendy's, and Chipotle. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery, Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep communities we operate in safe. Right now. Yes, that means right now. Our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDON. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees for your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code Locked On. Don't forget, that's code Locked On for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Wrapping up this midweek episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, and I have had some time to chill out and calm down. And since I've done that, we're going to bring our buddy Jim to bring a little bit more happiness. Uh, we're always happy to hear his voice on the show. So, James, let's hear from, from Jim 
and uh, I'll let him tell our new listeners where he's from. James, David, it is your buddy, Jim, in South Carolina. Wait for it. South Kakalaki. Hey, um, it's um, Monday the 24th, and I've been watching the press conferences on Buccaneers.com from earlier today after their practice, and uh, wanted to get your guys' opinion on both Antoine Winfield Jr. and Parnell Motley, because they seem to be getting a lot of attention, a lot of love from the coaches and the press. Uh, how well they're doing so far in camp. Um, and uh, I was just hoping you guys would talk about, uh, hey, what that means for the secondary uh, and how valuable it is to have these two guys come in and looks like they may be uh, contributing right away. So if you guys wouldn't mind talking about that, I'd appreciate it. And um, as always, love your podcast. Never miss one. And as always, go Bucks. All right, Jim, we appreciate the call. As always, thank you for calling in. Of course, uh, great minds think alike, right? We talked a little bit about Parnell Motley yesterday, the undrafted free agent out of Oklahoma, making a lot of noise uh, in training camp so far. Really wish this – is, this is why we need the preseason, right? Really wish we could see him in action, in pads, against live competition, even preseason competition. Just really wish we could see this guy going up uh, against live competition. But, you know, it is what it is, COVID-19, NFL here in 2020. We're going to have to wait until September, hopefully, to get a glimpse of that young man. And then, yeah, Antoine Winfield Jr. too, James. Both of these guys getting some high praise, both of them getting a lot of compliments from teammates, from coaches alike. Unfortunately, again, not going to be able to see any of them in action, uh, real action anyway, until September comes. Uh, but things are looking up for them, which, you know, is a good thing because there are some guys out there like Keyshawn Vaughn, like Tyler Johnson, like Justin Evans, who their training camp, their August is not going very well. But it's good to see some of these young guys are having really good camps. And honestly, it's really good to see that Jason Light is continuing his streak of finding talent in the undrafted free agent pools after the NFL draft. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, you tell, we, we're probably going to be talking about Motley quite a bit because he's earned it. He's earning it on the field week in and week out. It's, it's caused the media to be asking not only the coaching staff – but other players about what Motley is doing. And look, I'm all about this, man. How long have we been talking about the secondary being a weak spot for the Buccaneers? If they're finding gems like this in undrafted free agency to help bolster that unit, help provide depth to that team, add contributors on special team, I I am 100% here for it, man. Hashtag Motley crew, and that's uh, crew with a K, uh, I, I, I love it. I love it. And, yeah, like you, I'm really disappointed we're not getting any preseason games because I would like to see some, uh, you know, some in-game action out of out of Motley because not, not to put a, a hex on this at all, you know, he's been playing great in practice, knock on wood. But you know who else did a great job in practice and training camp? Kenny Bell. And then what happened when we saw game situations involving Kenny Bell? He was terrible. Absolutely, in the words of Charles Barkley, terrible. So I hope this isn't a training camp practice superstar and it can actually translate to the field uh, when it comes to to Motley. But we're going to have to wait and see. And the other problem is if he's in the game in, you know, the regular season as a corner, that probably means 
that there was an injury ahead of them, which means the Bucks could have lost out on one of their big impact guys like Jamel Dean, Sean Murphy Bunting, Carlton Davis, which is a very sticky situation. So you kind of have to be careful uh, if you're wishing to see him in, in live action in the regular season. Hopefully he's uh, he's being a big contributor on special teams and not having to take over for someone who has a season-ending injury. Yeah, and he definitely does have a special teams background. Uh, going back to Oklahoma and, Absolutely. and we'll be yeah. able to contribute there. So that's good news. So that's where you want to see him. You don't, as much as we all are excited uh, about you know what Motley is doing and showing in training camp, you don't want to see him come September, October, November, December, January, unless it's on special teams. Absolutely. But Antoine Winfield is a guy that you, you're probably going to see a little bit of everywhere. Um, shout out to Greg Allman, however, uh, the godfather of the Locked On Bucks podcast. That's what I decided to call him uh, for for his latest article or one of his latest articles, Risers and Followers from Training Camp. He's got Antoine Winfield Jr. and Parnell Motley, predictably both, on that risers list. Uh, talking about both those guys making plays. Uh, Parnell Motley picking off Tom Brady on Monday and during Monday's practice twice, including on the final play of practice. So, yeah, I mean, and that's something, honestly, that the Buccaneers secondary has been missing for quite some time. I mean, Carlin Davis has done a good job. Jamel Dean, you know, Sean Murphy Bunting definitely came on the second half of that season, but the interceptions still, you know, a lot to be left, left to be desired. So you never know with the way that the, with the way that offenses, of the NFL work right now, you know, you, you get some teams that like to spread out the field and, and put multiple receivers out there. You may see Motley get some defensive snaps. And if he continues to do what he's doing right now in training camp and quarterbacks go after him because he's an undrafted free agent and all that other stuff, he may make some of those guys pay early and often in the NFL season. All right. Well, David, we are up against the clock, so we are out of here. If you want to be like Jim from South Kakalaki, you can do so by giving us a call at 813-444-5841. Check out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to each other. And we thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks. Bucks.